वेलकम टू द पीआईडी वेबिनार आज हम एक बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट टॉपिक का आगाज करने लगे हैं दैट्स एज फार एज माय उर्दू विल रन आई लीव द रेस्ट टू मुशरफ जैदी टुडे वी आर गोइंग टू एम्बार्क ऑन अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट टॉपिक सिविल सर्विस रिफॉर्म एंड वी आर गोइंग टू डू अ सीरीज ऑफ वेबिनार्स ऑन सिविल सर्विस रिफॉर्म बिकॉज़ टू माय माइंड एंड आई hope some speakers will challenge me on this that this is probably the most central subject to not only the development of this country but also the survival of this country every state must have a functioning civil service that is the received wisdom from roman times to today <clears throat> and quite frankly we must make sure that our civil service is up to par so we're going to talk about it today so let's begin we always begin with this cartoon which i think everybody should always have on their wall the imf <clears throat> the big fat guru is sitting on the cart and holding the pakistan government in its reins hanging loans in front of us and there's a scraggy landscape and all the government is doing or people i guess all of us are doing is running left right and left left right and center helter skelter skelter in a crisis mode so that really tells us a lot about ourselves so today is the first in our series of these webinars right and now please mute your mics let the speaker speak first and everybody will have a chance to speak raise your hands as we go along i'll call on everybody to speak okay we got a lovely panel today very good panel shahid kardar unfortunately has escaped us but he hasn't escaped us in september we'll call him again for the second webinar then we've got musharraf zaidi ceo of tobad lab and i would say this uh, um, webinar of musharraf agrees a joint tobad lab pid production then we've got humaira zia mufti who is a national internal security specialist then we've got dr samina zaira director general nims karachi so she's a civil servant we've got samin mohsin ali assistant professor lums who's done a thesis on civil service reform so we've got four eminent speakers today and let's go through them so i'll quickly set the subject up the second slide that i always show is the number of fund programs we've done in our history the imf is the emergency ward of the world and our country has remained the emergency ward the longest we spent almost every decade in the emergency ward i think we've had fewer um years outside the emergency ward than inside the emergency ward this is worth remembering the third this is another common slide that we show every webinar worth remembering a long run growth is going down sir your slides slides are stuck sir stuck okay yes sir i shall change them i shall change them okay <clears throat> oh god yes now i now my computer now yeah. my computer उटलीस्टमेंट रेट इज ऑल्सो 
the lowest in the world and declining. So bear that in mind. We've had a series of PID webinars and what have we learned? We've learned that the most important thing is poor policy development and inconsistent policy, especially the tax policy. Who do we blame for this? I leave it to the panel. Our transactions costs of doing business, we've learned are very heavy. HRM is missing throughout the government, which is human resource management, both private and public sector. Private sector state mentality, but has does slightly better than multinationals, but it's really lacking every market development is bad. Energy reform is bad. Cities are bad. These are all problems that we've got. This is something that again, we show every time and well worth remembering. This is 1950. <clears throat> uh, forefathers did know that we would be aid dependent. I don't know whether that's Liakat or Nazmuddin or whatever on crutches of dollars. And you can see what our masters, the puppet masters are saying at the back. So this remains true 70 years later. Now in the number of parts, we did, recently did education webinars and we saw every few years is a new policy. Every few years is a new policy. Yet uh, eminent speakers, educationists said they don't even know what the policy is, where it comes from. Same thing for civil service reform. We've had about, I guess, 30 reform efforts in our 70 years, including pay commissions, this, that, etc. So it's an effort that we keep making, but we keep failing. <clears throat> what are the persistent problems? The persistent problems of poor governance remain that we've got persistent problems. Poor governance, public sector enterprises keep draining, energy keeps draining, education keeps you know, deteriorating, cities keep getting worse and worse, as you can see from Karachi and Lahore being flooded, policies outsourced to the donors, Nobody does any monitoring and evaluation. Now the world has set up a $120 million project to do monitoring and evaluation called Pakistan Goes Global. So the deterioration is secular and keeps happening and that's what's leading to a long run growth coming down. Persistent problem also, we've got a tribal structure. You just saw today this morning, the papers had that the um, uh, PMS has refused to accept the reform that's about to happen or happening. The tribal structure continues to dominate. The PAS, I don't know how many names there are, the, the acronyms or whatever, the abbreviations, they keep fighting each other. Most important of all, we've got outmoded policies, processes, and structures. Our policies, um, the way we make policy, the way we do things is very outmoded. As you all know, that we have these sextuplet, triplicate forms, and this, that, et cetera, happening, which is very bad. There's a continuing struggle between professionals and generalists. Continual struggle. The question of pay always comes in. The civil services, they're badly paid. Others say they're not. Seniority is always ruling. Now, these are major issues that we do. I have, long time ago, when I did the framework of economic growth, I said the central thing is quality governance. Civil service reform is central to the whole government. This is the chart that I still stand by that we need to think about it. So I asked the panel, who makes policy? Who does MA need? If it's not the civil servant, Ralph Brabanti a long time ago in the India office library said it should be the civil service. But nowadays, civil servants, when I go to teach at the staff college, they say, we don't make policy. So who makes policy? Where does it come from? I don't know. Then the civil service says, we can't make decisions because the NAB is after us. Who makes decisions? And why should they make decisions? Many of us have lived overseas. I've lived in the US for 30 years. I have never had any bureaucrat make decisions for me. I never saw bureaucrats in my life in the US or in the UK. I've lived for five years in the UK too. So what's the story? Regulation, PSC, and education, who does this? Why are the bureaucrats involved in this? 
Are politicians to blame for everything or are these things technocratic in nature? Cities and local government, who owns the city? Karachi is drowning, who owns the city? Who makes the master plan? We are trying very hard to inject ourselves in the master plan, we can't. There are no space for schooling, libraries, anything. Everything is plots. Why? Is this related to the civil service or not? Okay. So, <clears throat> cities and local government we've done. So, my panel, I ask you, should tribalism persist? Or should we have one civil service? Should we have these, these structures? Should professionalism come in? Should policy be made by the civil service? Should decentralization autonomy happen? Can all this be done without a civil service reform? Is civil service reform central to our struggle? So with that brief introduction, I'd like to go to Musharraf Zaidi to kick off the discussion. Musharraf, floor is yours. Thank you, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rahim. Uh, thank you, Dr. Nadimul Haq, and thanks to the, the great team at PIDE. I must say that the uh, series of uh, events that PIDE has been holding uh, is an exemplar for thought leadership in this country, and uh, I greatly appreciate and uh, value the, this contribution. And of course, I'm honored that uh, that you've asked me to uh, to work with you on this and and to discuss this topic. Uh, so you know, and given the paucity of uh, time and, and and the great panel that we have, uh, let me dive right in. Uh, just one small caveat to begin with, which is that uh, there's no animus in anything that anyone will say today. Uh, and I think we need to start with this caveat uh, whenever we have these conversations. Very good point, Musharraf. I agree with you entirely. Thank you. I missed that. People, people express uh, you know, how they understand the situation, sometimes coldly, sometimes with great passion. Uh, if they do it with passion, it's because they care. Uh, and, and, and we should recognize the fact that they care even if we feel that we're under attack. Uh, if they do it coldly, we should, we should admire the, the, the rational mind that, that enables them to deliver uh, their message in that way. Um, I've been working uh, off and on on civil service reform uh, throughout my career. Uh, one of the first things I did when I first moved back to Pakistan in 2001 was work on, at that time, uh, the version of civil service reform that was a conflation or a convergence of a World Bank effort, some work that the ADB wanted to do, and the internal reform instincts that were being driven by the National Reconstruction Bureau with General Tanvir Nakvi, and uh, the late uh, retired Major General Asim Bukhari was, was in charge of civil service reform think tank at the NRB back in 2000-2001. Uh, that it registers on the list of civil service reform efforts as uh, three efforts ago. Over the last uh, two decades, we've had at least uh, two macro and I think several micro efforts at civil service reform. Um, so I want to start with sort of four key points that are interconnected uh, and to, 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 to make those points, maybe to start off with what was a micro civil service reform? So if you think about people like Rashid Langreal and, and others in the Punjab uh, government that got to be well known because of the projectized assignments that they were given by uh, the, the chief minister at the time, Shabazz Sharif, uh, and that was then problematized as some sort of a public administration fiasco, 
that was a version of civil service reform. It was micro because what they were looking to do was achieve a specific set of objectives rather than change or alter the system or examine why the system wasn't meeting those objectives as it was. Uh, so one of the reasons why things like civil service reform are important is because in the absence of civil service reform that is macro and wholesale, we will keep attempting tweaks. So that was an example from five or six years ago. A more recent example is the NCOC. I think the NCOC is one of the most, so I thought that what Shabazz Sharif was doing back in 2013, 14, 15, was brilliant. It helped achieve what, what that government sought to achieve. And I think what the NCOC has done and what it's demonstrated is also brilliant because it has achieved a policy coherence at the national level on COVID-19 response. It has gotten over the hump of uh, some of the problematized federalism, and it's demonstrated how federations actually can work when national level issues are dealt with through a coherent uh, uh, approach that involves and respects uh, federal jurisdictions and provincial autonomy. Uh, but both the NCOC and the, uh, the proliferation of public companies uh, in the Punjab uh, 13 to 18 are representative of the shorter version of what should be a much more comprehensive and cohesive civil service reform effort. My, my thesis is that uh, civil service reform, one of the problems we have is we use this terminology, but we're not actually talking about reform because neither what Moeen Afzal uh, or uh, Moeen Qureshi or Hamid Nasser Chakta or the Fakhri Imam Commission or Ishrat Hussain 1 or current Ishrat Hussain 2 or any of these, uh, they were not actual reform efforts. They were tweak efforts. They were meant to identify specific problems that had mostly something to do with Islamabad's interests. And specifically within Islamabad, Q-block, P-block, R-block, uh, as well as the PM Secretariat, Chief Executive Office, PM Office, whatever name you want to give it. But basically, executive governance problems that are problems for Islamabad were treated like they were national problems. And the, the solution, which were a number of tweaks, were, were advertised or marketed as reforms, which they are not. That's the first big civil service reform problem. Uh, the second big civil service reform problem is connected to that, which is purpose. When we start the civil, civil service reform effort, I mean, I was really, and again, I have huge amounts of respect for Dr. Hussain, indeed for anybody who's tried to serve this country in any capacity. Uh, so again, this is not a personal or even a political set of statements. This is just an assessment of what has happened. And what has happened with the most recent effort is again, the urgency of what was needed in this country, which was, for example, increased uh, tax revenue has driven the civil service reform effort. And so a lot of the focus of reforms is on the FBR, uh, notwithstanding what actually has happened at the, F at the FBR and what, what our judgment is, but fixing the FBR is not civil service reform. Uh, dismantling the uh, customs group maybe uh, civil service reform. Uh, but these conversations we haven't been having because it is seen as almost blasphemous for us to talk about the dismantling of a totally dysfunctional, broken, outdated, archaic, and corrupt system. So I think one of the things that it is the responsibility of people like me to do is to actually stop being 
sort of nice for the sake of you know appearances because the fact of the matter is that the civil service reform uh, that that we think is happening is not civil service reform it's it's tweaks and uh, it isn't trying to solve uh, problems for the people of Pakistan it's trying to solve executive problems the unless we rejig the purpose i'm going to finish in less than 3 minutes inshallah unless we unless we rejig and reassess what is the purpose of sitting down and examining this question why should a state have a civil service what is the primary secondary and tertiary purpose of a civil service and then what changes do we need to make to what we have to align with that purpose if we don't start there we will keep having uh, events like we've had at chaman spin bulldak over eid we were spared a massive massacre although 7 to 8 you know human beings died over eid that is a civil service reform problem manifesting itself through bullets in karachi we're seeing just the most uh imagery uh and that's just today and and yesterday but we've seen the misgovernance and destruction of one of the great potentially great metropolises of on the planet uh because we don't really understand what civil service reform is and how the brother of a politician who's inserted into the provincial service can become a dc in a city like karachi i'm speaking of course of molana sabs a uh, brother who was who was made the dc recently how a city like karachi can suddenly have seven districts from six or, or why uh these are all related deeply they're they're not these are not dotted lines there's a thick black line between what we see in the news and the conversation about civil service and unless we make that connection uh we will keep keep failing my final point you have to connect what matters to the people of pakistan whether you judge it through what's on airy or geo or whether you judge it through what's in the manifesto of the winning party or whether you judge it through the narrative of the chief minister or or or, or prime minister uh so you have to connect what matters and a whole number of things could matter you have to connect that with the actual public sector which is not just the civil service it's actually the organizational and institutional uh organograms and and uh, dynamics and relationships that define and shape the behavior of individuals who we call civil servants so connect what matters with that entire edifice of where the civil service is located with the concept of reform and reform is not tweakery it's not uh you know changing the names of things it's not uh, trying to make sure that the pms is ego is as well fed as the pas's ego which is as well fed as the pakistan foreign services ego all of these all of these things have to be connected with each other you have to connect what matters with the edifice of civil service with the notion of genuine reform and unless we don't do that then all of the details and there are so many details we can discuss and i'm sure we will will actually be meaningless and this is why we keep failing on civil service reform thank you thank you musharraf that was very very good you summarized it very well i think it's important to understand i mean first of all i think you get the disclaimer which is excellent which is very good i should have said it earlier myself none of what we are doing is against or for anybody what we are trying to understand is the institutions of pakistan as everybody knows why nations fail everybody is red institutions are the most important thing for economic development and growth 
And civil service is an important institution of the country, which we must understand, just like judiciary. We're going to take a judicial reform very soon. These are important things to talk about, and it's important, as Musharraf says, to have a conversation on these. So Musharraf, I know you have to leave early, so I'll come back to you very quickly. But let me take it now to our next speaker. Um, our next speaker. Um, I can't even get my bloody internet to work. So terrible, isn't it? It's absurd. Okay, G, let me get to our next speaker. Um, go ahead, G, please. Why don't one of the speakers take over while I'm Dr. searching? G, Humaira Zias, please go ahead. Start, G, Humaira. You, Humaira? Thank you very much the for having me. Up. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. I think Musharraf Saab was reading my notes and I'm going to point out the same things. Okay. Uh, well, first thing is, I see the uh, failure of the civil services and the decline that we are facing as a national security threat. Because our failure to perform leads to the economic crisis that Pakistan finds itself in. It's related to the performance that we make at FATF on Kashmir issue, on all the issues, the, uh, the performance of civil servant is very important when we look at the crisis situation that Pakistan faces itself in. How it's a national security threat, the civil services itself, because it's one of the pillar of the national security, just like the army, army and the defense forces, they protect the boundaries. But the internal defense and the economic development, the growth, the financial markets, the security situation inside the country depends on the civil servants. And uh, I, I think civil servants do write policies, they write visions, they write documents for which they have no information. They might get posted to any ministry like three months back and they are faced with a new government where they are asked to prepare a policy, for example, an energy policy. So, a person who's serving as a deputy commissioner ultimately gets posted as secretary energy and there you see the energy crisis coming. So I think a lot Responsibility should be fixed when you give authority to a It was the federal secretary who was responsible in preparation of that policy and, and the bureaucrats who, who are implementing those policies. Uh, the other thing is that we have seen these policies and groups formed over and over again. What is the purpose of the reform, of the civil services reform, I may ask? Uh, if, if the purpose of the reform is meant to continue the hegemony or monopoly of one group that we have seen throughout, uh, that is not going to serve the purpose. If the purpose of the civil service reform is the economic development, growth, and uh, providing service to the masses, then that service reform will be valid. And also when you are reforming the civil service, you have to see where 
the service delivery point is it is at the district it is at the tehsil level if the common man does not receive the services that the state is supposed to offer you see alienation you see marginalization you see terrorism and extremism so i think when you assign a deputy commissioner to a province uh, to a district he is expected to check the rates of the vegetables and also check the rate of the drugs and check on the conditions of the roads and uh, also implementer of the law and the policies of the state at the district level i think the local government reform has to go hand in hand with the civil services reform baby i'm sorry i have to interrupt here i who assigned the civil service these these tasks i mean nobody has asked them to do check prices and do all these things i think this is a task that I, they've taken upon themselves i i think that is the misunderstanding of the role that they are supposed hmm. to perform because the the deputy commissioner was actually a colonial setup that we are continuing with that colonial setup to this date so unless you empower the cities unless you allow the citizens to to participate in the governance of their district hmm. and you create a system of localized accountability that will give uh, resilient cities that will give, give resilient societies so i when i was going through the civil services reform i saw that until 16, 1969 you had a commissioner ruling uh, baluchistan and fata until now is being governed by a political agent until just recently we had this fata reform and we had the fata merger so you think that uh, a province of the size of balochistan remain under a commissionerate and you see that marginalization and alienation up to this date and the problem of security in fata is because the people were not provided the rightful uh, share of being the citizens of pakistan so i think it's a, it's a national security issue right now and the if if we fail to reform the civil services now mm. i think then then there's no need for the civil services because if your country is despite having a, a mm. army of bureaucrats you you fail to give an economic policy a continued economic policy to this government or the energy policy to this government or the water security for that matter so there's no need for us the the bureaucrats are not required if you are not if your if the country is growing at less than 2% and it fails to feed the population of pakistan i think it's it's something really serious so what should be done then how to take the reform process forward if you look at the committee uh, committee formed by ishwet hussain saab look at the groups who are who are represented in that committee out of the 17 people how many dmg officers it's not about the voice uh, of one group or the other it's about listening to different point of views where people Uh, express themselves not for favoring omg or secretariat or any other group it's for making the reform uh, people friendly where the service de- delivery and the governance and the transparency is increased and the accountability as well thank you thank you thank you amara thank you very much samin mohsen ali you did a thesis on this subject so what can you tell us very briefly is the upshot of your thesis let's just forget the past going forward what are we supposed to do are we going to be stuck in this quagmire forever that's why i call it an existential issue so samin please go ahead thank you um 
So let me just uh, begin by clarifying that my thesis is actually about how bureaucrats and politicians interact with each other. And as part of doing that, I came across issues of reform and, and some of my work has been on particular kinds of reform. But a lot of it is, uh, is essentially how do bureaucrats deal with each other and how do bureaucrats deal with the political figures that they come into contact with. And that actually, I think, tells us a lot about the direction that civil service reform, whether of the minor tweaking variety that Musharraf was talking about, or the structural change that Ishrat Hussain Saab is envisioning, uh, it tells us a lot about all of those things. So, so let me just briefly run through some points. I think the first thing is that we have to figure out what is the purpose of the reform, right? So are we trying to balance the budget? Are we trying to improve service delivery? Or are we doing civil service reform because we think that government is failing as a whole? And so there's this um, fairly broad set of you know, ideas that we are bringing into the, into the agenda. Um, the second thing is, how do we think about incentives when we go into reform? So what are the incentives of not just the bureaucrats who are going to be reformed, but also politicians, lobbyists, crony capitalists, everybody else who might have some interaction with the government, and of course, most importantly, the citizen. So obviously, as we all know, nobody who has gained power from the status quo wants things to change. Um, and perks, rewards, inefficiencies are part and parcel of that incentive structure. But I think what we kind of need to think about with more nuance is that perks and privileges and rewards and inefficiency are sometimes a matter of design. So it's not just a byproduct. It's not just about corruption. It's not just about wanting to make money. It's about the fact that the system has been designed to serve certain constituencies. And part of that design is inefficiency. Part of that design is perks and privileges. Um, I'm saying this for two reasons. I'm saying this because perks, privileges, inefficiency, all of this is not a big secret. It's, it's, it's a very visible part of our governance structure. You can see it in Karachi, you can see it in Lahore. So it's not some you know, secret thing that's happening. The bureaucrats are secretly pocketing money. Um, the second is that Pakistan is by no means exceptional. There are many countries which have very similar patterns of bureaucratic and political behavior. Uh, in many countries, just like in Pakistan, there are at times small pockets of what are known as pockets of effectiveness or pockets of efficiency where things start to go really well for a small period of time and then things sort of revert back. And this goes back to what Musharraf was referring to in terms of micro level tweaking. Um, the question is that when you have things that work well, are they working well for the citizen? Are they working well for the state as an entity? Or are they working well for some other interested parties, whether those are bureaucrats or politicians or, or some third party? Um, there's a lot of interesting work on other countries on these subjects. So for example, Yuan Yuan Ang on China looks at the use of a franchise model where what China, the Chinese government did was literally created something like a McDonald's franchise where the bureaucrat and his department would get a cut of the profits that he made if he increased, rather they increased their performance uh, with regard to, to other districts or other departments. And this was meant to incentivize bureaucrats to perform. So Asim Khwaja, Ben Olkin do similar kinds of experimental work, which can tell you what minor tweaks can do. Um, but let me also say that I think it's a little simplistic to put bureaucrats as Machiavellian or self-interested in the pure sense. Um, it's important to bring nuance to this because I think it's important to understand that there are many different kinds of people within the bureaucracy, within the PAS, within the larger structure. And, and I'm going to talk about uh, you know, a section that kind of gets overlooked in this discussion of civil service reform that we have so often in Pakistan. And that is the, the bulk of the bureaucrats who are working on the ground, frontline or street level bureaucrats. This is something that gets very little attention in Pakistan, even from an academic standpoint. Um, and their training, their education, their staffing levels, and the departmental support that they receive 
um, and their, their understanding of the way that governance functions is really, really crucial to how we think about civil service reform. And I think we need to change our perspective a little bit. So what I'm saying is that I think we, we pick up this reform conversation from the wrong end of the bureaucratic hierarchy. Um, and I'm going to use an example here from my research, uh, which is on irrigation management transfer. Um, so one of the things that happened was that IMT reform was a reform that was introduced by um, the World Bank. It was made one of the conditions for loans in the 1990s. <laughs> Um, but once it was implemented, it fell apart because neither the local district bureaucrats nor the local politicians, MNAs or MPAs, actually wanted to devolve power down to the farmer to decide how water should be regulated. So the, the fact that you have these centralized notions about civil service reform, you can implement them, you can try and implement them, but on the ground, these things will start falling apart the minute that they get into the hands of local actors who have either not been consulted or who think it's a you know, widespread conspiracy to undermine Pakistan, and, 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 and this is a common refrain uh, with these kinds of centralized programs. So when we talk about political will, and this has to do with politicians resisting reform at the local level, we, 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 talk, we hear this often, political will civil service reform. What does that actually mean? This term is actually fairly simplistic and meaningless. What do you, what do you mean when you talk about political will? What I think you mean is political processes, context, and choices that allow some decisions to be made, but don't allow other decisions to be made. Some reforms to take place and be implemented and be successful, but not other reforms to be successful. So why do some minor tweaks work while others may not? So these kinds of questions are really going to help, I think, in, in a conversation on civil reform, civil service reform in this country, as they have in other places. Um, there's also something I wanted to pick up from what uh, Mr. Merazia said, which is that uh, local level involvement is important from a local government standpoint. So you, when you have a federal civil service commission talking about reform, then it's trying to make decisions for very diverse provinces, which have very diverse needs from their civil servants. Um, mm -hmm. And so there has to be engagement with all the tiers of government um, uh, involved. So just to quickly wrap up, I mean, there's a bunch of other things that I would have liked to talk about, but we don't have time. So how do we deal with this fairly messy situation? Um, I think there's a few points that are important. One is that you cannot talk about civil service reform in this or any country without talking about the political economy of the country. So we can introduce you know, changes such as better training, better pay scales, uh, better policies for promotion and transfer. And these will make a difference because they will give us you know, some evidence base. Uh, but we will always run up against incentive structures, and, and so we'll have to overcome them. How do we do that? We have to understand that civil service reform is not a one-off thing. So you can't just have a commission and then dissolve it and then say, okay, we're done and dusted with civil service reform. This is an ongoing process that has to underpin all of your policy making, all of your legislation, and all of your decision making. So you cannot, on the one hand, have civil service reform, and then at the same time be making a bill which gives undefined powers to a bureaucrat or gives them so much space well beyond their remit, whether it's because you've created a vacuum or because you've just, you just don't have the skills to do it yourself, so you've handed it over to a bureaucrat. So you can't do that while talking about civil service reform at the same time. Um, we also need to understand the bureaucratic politician dynamic. So when in, in conversation with bureaucrats and politicians, each side will dismiss the other. You'll hear these comments from bureaucrats and politicians alike. But the reality on the ground is that they cannot survive without each other. And so reforms, structural reforms, threaten both of them. And so whoever is proposing reform 
needs to be one in a position of relative stability so long term stability and secondly they need to be willing to get their hands dirty because the process will be messy there will be camps that will not agree such as the pms um such as senior bureaucrats such as the fbr which is which basically said we don't accept the suggestions of the civil service reform commission and finally um reform is a slow process it's not something that you can achieve in a year or five years it's a 10 20 30 year process and you will not see the gains till 10 or 20 or 30 years later um so we've you know perhaps taken baby steps in that direction so maybe we've you know through the reforms that ishad the sansab and his uh, committee have suggested we are starting to build uh, evidence based consolidating posts and offices updating the asta code and rules of business but this is quite literally a baby step and the real work lies well ahead of us i'll stop here thank you great great thank you thank you very much let me turn to samina now samina is uh, um, director general of nims samina baby what's your take um i think we heard a lot that civil service reform can't be done holistically can't be done immediately can has to be done slowly but then musharraf says tweaks are not important it's a huge problem and you're sitting at the heart of the system which is the training center how do you want us to look at the civil service reform issue samina Is Samina there or not? Nabil sir, see, my Dr. Samina Zara, we are unable to hear you, uh, sir. Dr. Samina Zara, talk to me, sir. You switch off your mic. Uh, sorry, what do you call it? Unmute yourself. Sir, her mic seems to yes. be unmuted. Acha. Ji, Samina Bibi, बोलिए. Sorry, no, we can't hear you. Have you got your mic on? मैडम इफ इफ यू आर फेसिंग एन इशू काइंडली रीजॉइन हां मेरा ख्याल रीजॉइन कर ले मीनवाइल लेट मी कम बैक टू यू मुशरफ मुशरफ पेंट फॉर मी व्हाट वुड बी योर आइडियल सिविल सर्विस रिफॉर्म आई मीन आई आई हियर एवरीथिंग दैट एवरीबॉडी सेइंग इट्स एन इनसॉल्युबल प्रॉब्लम इट्स लाइक द फेमस गार्डियन नॉट और समथिंग बट देयर हैज टू बी अ सॉल्यूशन एंड क्वाइट फ्रैंकली आई डोंट सी इनफ अम discussion or debate or research on this subject so can you start it off and tell us start the conversation tell us what should be done i agree with you tweaks won't work and i agree with all the things that people have said but we have to the whole point is for us to start a new conversation so go ahead thank you uh, dr sub uh, i think dr samina uh, is back yes uh, can you hear me i'll, I'll let musharraf sir finish if he wants to take go this ahead, No, I, I'm keen to hear what you have to say, madam. Let 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 hear what you have to say, and I'll respond. Th thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. Um, uh, okay. So what I'm going to say on civil service, I hope everyone can hear me now. Very well. Uh, is is a is a blend of various perspectives actually. Uh, the perspective of a civil servant, of course, and a trainer who is training civil servants. Uh, the perspective that i got during my stint at institutional reform cell last year and most crucially my perspective as a citizen living in karachi for more than 20 years partaking in the suffering caused by the governance disaster that we face each time torrential rains uh, that happen i wish i could uh, i could share some of the images from karachi i'm sure some of you must have seen them so my perspective uh, is uh, 
very much affected by what's happening in our lives since yesterday. Since uh, Sharif Saab uh, said that whatever reform effort has been undertaken so far is no more than tweets, um, I, I want to go a little bit into the into the detail of uh, reform effort uh, that was done through institutional reform cell since I've remained a part of that cell for uh, about seven, eight months. Uh, institutional reform cell was created in September 2018 and it had a two-pronged mandate. Uh, one was to restructure the umbrella uh, federal government structure and the second was civil service reform. And quite a few uh, things were proposed, initiated and got approved by uh, the cabinet. Two task forces were uh, constituted. One was for the restructuring of the government. The other was for civil service reform. Uh, and I understand that since then, the scope of institution reform cell has been expanded uh, many fold. And now Dr. Hishat Hussain is also looking at reforming FBR, PIA, Trade Development Authority of Pakistan, Trade Cor Trading Corporation of Pakistan and Pakistan Railways. Then there's a finance, financial uh, chapter, financial management chapter to, to this uh, reform effort, where uh, uh, State Bank Pakistan related reforms. You must have recently read about the creation of pension funds. Uh, public financial management law has been introduced. Auditor General Office is also being looked into to be turned into a more effective and efficient office. Uh, federal government bodies were reorganized from 300, about 345 into 345 entities, which is a hundred less than previous structures. Ministries and divisions was merged for improved functional alignments. PFN law was introduced. Uh, there's now a debt management unit in finance uh, division for advising the government on uh, fiscal management and also regarding uh, public debt management policies. There's been a, a competitive selection process introduced for CEOs of public sector enterprises. And I think by now, so far, 40 people have been hired through this selection process. While uh, asked while this was very much uh, a sort of a discretionary process. And as far as civil service reforms are concerned, uh, at the outset, institutional reform cells started with a deep and broad engagement with civil servants, not only the CSS cadres, but provincial and non-cadre officers like the agri-economists or the technical cadres or engineers. Uh, and Dr. Shrutusan, along with me and later on other team members, we visited all four provinces and many, many cities uh, to engage with the, with the civil servants. So uh, I, I want to sort of rebut Humaira's point that, you know, it's not a very, very well represented effort. Um, I'm, I'm by no means trying to defend uh, what, what is being done there now, but I just want to put things in perspective. Mm -hmm. So when this reform effort regarding civil service started, the idea was to take up the entire value chain, the entire life cycle of civil service and reform it. So we started with induction, mm -hmm. where initially it was proposed, proposed that there should be a screening test and then cluster-based exams. Uh, which was of course proposed by the by, by the task force of which you yourself was a worthy member and then there was uh, a reform regarding the next step which is training there was a lot of emphasis on the need for having specialized training not only for cadre officers but also for the ex-cadre officers or the technical or professional cadres and for the first time in in i think many decades 
even the professional uh, cadres, which are the larger chunk of the civil service. The CSS officers are only a fraction of the civil servants. They are also be being trained. The next uh, step was performance management, which in my personal view is the weakest link. And I'm going to talk a little bit in more detail about that in a bit. But a, a concept of performance contract was introduced where the PM is to have a performance contract with the line minister and the minister with the secretary and so on and so forth. And there would be key performance indicators for each and every person working in that organization, which will translate into specific set of objects. And there'll be a concept of bell curve performance management. Uh, pr promotion rules have recently been uh, notified in January 2020, which are meant to uh, distribute the powers of CSB and PER in, an, in a more equitable manner. Retirement rules have been uh, recently notified, which give a directory retirement uh, uh, sort of power to the government of Pakistan to get rid of the uh, dead wood or the corrupt elements of the civil servants. So all in all, uh, this is uh, by no definition tweaking. It is a substantial effort. We can have an argument about how far this is going to be effective or when this is going to be effective. And here I would uh, like to agree with Samin that any reform process is a slow and painful process. It's, we are not going to have medical solutions. We're not going to see any results in a year or two. This is going to be a midterm to long-term effort. Uh, so after this, this key overview, I just want to quickly touch upon two points which are very close to my heart. And I want to draw the attention of the audience to two, two uh, aspects of civil service reform. First is the need for uh, having specialists, having professionals, which Dr. Nadeem has been uh, advocating very strongly uh, for some time now. And uh, you know, the right person for the right job instead of the current scenario where everybody is trying to get everything done and nothing gets done in the end. There is ad hocism galore. Karachi is a case study uh, towards that effect where you know uh, lack of specialists in the fields of disaster management water and energy solutions waste management are uh, have become a frankenstein which doesn't seem to be in anybody's control um, now you see i'm reminded of einstein's saying where he said that we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we used when we created these problems so we need to have uh, we need to start having at least conversations and, and planning, uh, it, it, this is the right time. If this is not the right time, when it would be to have some future planning, uh, you know, where public service delivery becomes the centerpiece for our governance uh, structure instead of, uh, you know, any political agendas or what one party thinks is right or the other party thinks is right. Uh, it's, not about, it's not about just cleaning gutters. It's about restoration of waterways. It's about relocation of homes and shops. It's about regulating informal property sector. Uh, so we need specialists, we need professionals to run a metropolis like Karachi. And this is the time that we start giving it a serious consideration instead of having those ad hoc um, solutions for, the, for these huge problems. The second point that I want to quickly make, and this is my last point, uh, is regarding the performance management. And it's not just about a system of performance management. That is all well and good. Having performance contract and key performance indicators is excellent. But I'm more concerned with the web of mediocrity that we as a nation seems to be caught in. 
I remember, remember having a conversation with uh, Shahid Gardar Saab since he's uh, uh, dean of uh, uh, an institute. And I, I recall the feeling of gloom that set over me when he told me that most of the mo most of his uh, you know students uh, they lacked work ethics and basic integrity levels um, and much to be desired. So it's 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 probably a national temperament. Uh, we're we're caught in a low equilibrium of expectations. Not much is expected, and we don't really deliver much. Um, the, the point the point is that you know you can't really look at civil service reform in isolation from the social context, political context, as Samin also pointed out. Uh, civil servants are only a mirror of your society at large. And there, I agree completely that there is a need for comprehensive reform. I agree completely that there's a need for introspection on the part of civil servants also. But I think, I also believe that we need to have, uh, uh, you know, bigger conversation, longer conversations uh, regarding where we are as a nation um, but I, I do want to end by saying that reform is a slow, long, painful process, and we have to be really patient uh, for us to see results and, and maybe keep contributing the way we can. Uh, you know, thank you so much. Thank you, Ji. Thank you. Thank you, Samina Bibi. Thank you. Musharraf, before you go, unravel this mess. I don't think I have understood anything. 70 years is not long enough for us to reform the civil service. Do we waste another four generations? Do we have an administration that works? We are all pointing to the mess of Pakistan and yet we say, hey, we can't do it. We have to wait another 70 years. Please tell me, unravel the mess. Gee, uh, thank you, Dr. Saab. Rabbi Shrari Sadri Wissili uh, I, I share that dua because that's Moses's uh, prayer, um, uh, so that he may be understood. Uh, and I also share it in the in the spirit of you know this is a difficult conversation, and I really want to enter and exit conversations by creating a coalition of the willing. I don't I don't know if it's necessary or useful for us to debate the semantics. Doc Samina, who's a great servant for this country, is absolutely brilliant, uh, you know, spoken of extremely highly across the board. She says, it's not, I'll, let's split the difference. It, fine. It's, you know, we, we can define it differently. Where I think I will take the, um, I guess, the, the, the road less traveled for me at least and disagree with Dr. Samin, who I think along with Adnan and, and a few others, really are the most important voices in this conversation uh, moving forward. But where I will differ with her and with Dr. Samina is on the notion of how long reform takes. Uh, so I, I align uh, very much with your view, Doc Saab, that 70 years uh, is long enough. 20 years to mujhe this conversation. And, and there is a repetitive as I have mentioned the deck office and if she affords me the, the luxury, uh, I would remind her and all viewers that the Fiscal Responsibility and Debt Limitation Act of 2005, which was passed in September 2005, established the Debt Management Office. It was supposed to have three DGs, one of whom was supposed to be from the civil servants and two were supposed to be from outside. Now, who wrote that uh, little bit of reform? Uh, is an interesting question. Why was the debt management office set up? Uh, Nadine, you know the answer to this. 
we were under something called the PRGF program uh, from 2002 onwards. And the PRGF IMF program instituted a number of uh, conditionalities or conditions. One of them, we call them policy outcomes or DPIs or LPIs or something. You know, they keep tweaking. Just like Pakistan, the World Bank, and all the other donors keep tweaking as well or reforming. So, so, so that kind of reform changes the language. But essentially, it was an IMF-imposed uh, diction that caused the establishment of the Debt Management Office. The fact that we've renewed it and, and we believe that we've set it up again, that's fantastic. Uh, and again, I think the idea is, you know, I think Dr. Ishad Hassan and others that have been involved in these conversations, there's an element of heroism because they're up against a whole lot of status quo uh, that is pushing back and resisting any kind of change at all. So tweak or reform all, agar NCOC is not really reform. It's a tweak or it's a bypass, but it's a great bypass and it should be celebrated. Shabazz Sharif company departments fantastic. We should have found a way of protecting that space rather than destroying it. So I think the interest in the short term is can we get stuff done? But in the long term is being clear-headed, clear-eyed and honest about what we're actually doing rather than what we pretend we're doing. That's why I made the point about, uh, you know, the, the, the semantic point, uh, which, which I'm happy to, to, to concede. You asked, where do we begin in terms of making sense of all this? I would go back to what Samin, uh, I think, reconfirmed for me and, and uh, Madam Humera, and, and I think to a great extent, uh, at least the undercurrent of what Dr. Saiba uh, Nijo Farmaya, that is that we have to be very clear about what the purpose of all this is. Hmm. Is it to build the economy? And is the best way of building the economy uh, following the World Bank's checklist on ease of doing business and increasing revenue? Or is building the economy unleashing the uh, Telewala and the Kokewala and allowing them to become as big as Malik Riyaz? Uh, is a focus on corruption uh, helpful or harmful? Is infrastructure necessary or wasteful? Uh, the we you know, there's a whole range of conversational questions about tonality and modality of conversation that are much more important, in my view, than the actual, you know, capitalists in this area, they want to talk about performance measurement, they want to talk about pay and, uh, pay and pensions, they want to talk about even incentive structures. You were the chair, uh, Deputy Chairman Planning Commission, uh, one of the big wins during your time there, another reform, or, or tweak, whoever, you know, we'll go with, again, which, with, with whichever, was that you had to monetize the cars. The cars were monetized. At the highest level, 90,000 rupees a month, ka jo hai, uske was in the addition of the cars. The cars were in the government, in ownership. They made the establishment division, the pool of the cars, and from there, the 22nd grade of the cars were the people of the cars. Not because necessarily they were very bad, evil, thay, corrupt. Thay. Not because DMG You know, I think that's the one point that I'll leave on uh, and, and I'll speak for just another couple of minutes. But I think if there was one point that I could leave with all of us, in fact, probably the most important aspect of this you're in the conversation to uh, attack uh, civil servants, to pinpoint individual cases uh, of maybe malfeasance, or through this conversation, then you're not helping the reform conversation, you're damaging it. The most important stakeholder after the poor and vulnerable Pakistani in this country is not me or, or Dr. Nadeem Mulhaq. 
or, or, or even Samin Mohsen. It's actually the civil servant herself or himself. So I think that doesn't mean that conversation will happen. So to the extent that we shouldn't demonize DMG or customs or, or uh, any, any uh, PMS or whichever uh, occupational group, we should not demonize them. Does that mean that we should go institutionally, not individually, institutionally, what is happening in this country is a sustenance of a colonial superstructure which creates incentives that align interests of various aspects of the state and the judiciary the provincial and federal civil service and the military are part and parcel of that. Any entrance and exiters from the system, mostly politicians, but also technocrats, they become allies of the existing system to sustain the status quo and prevent reform. So Dr. Samina, Ishrat Hussain, Hamid Nasir Tatta, Fakhar Imam, whoever we're talking about, World Bank, uh, Nadeem Ul-Haq, anybody that's talking about reform is an ally. Everybody that's involved in reform is an ally. Uh, there is no occupational group that is a bad guy. Civil servants are one of the great assets. They're an absolute asset. The state has invested in them. The taxpayer has invested in them. We own them. And their voice is important in how we move forward. But they are not the ultimate determinants of what should come out of this process of conversation and reform. The ultimate determinants are what is best for the poorest and most vulnerable Pakistanis and taxpayers. And so that complicated set of alignments must be managed carefully. And the most important thing in this is no villains, no heroes. We just have to find a way of sustaining a meaningful, substantive conversation. Great. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and apologetic that I'm not able to Okay, no problem. But I agree with you, Musharraf. Just before you go, let me say uh, thank you very much for turning up. Thank you very much for turning up. But let me just quickly, before you go, say this. Look, all the way from Hamza Alvi to Khalid bin Saeed to whoever, there has been a huge literature that has paid tribute to the civil service for holding Pakistan together, right? And for doing the early work of state building. So there is no question about it that civil service is a bad guy or anything. Civil service is absolutely imperative, important, does a strong task. So we are not at all being critical of anything. We are just doing it. I just want to, just one final thought, Dr. Saab, one final thought. It wasn't just in 47 or 71. Every time there's a calamity, the people that we demonize are going to be the ones that are going to be at the front line. They're going to get sick. They're going to have heart problems. They're going to get injured. Uh, you know, and they're going to literally give life and limb to serve the country. So civil servants were not just heroes and back in the day. Throughout the COVID experience, our DCs and ACs have been on the front lines. Uh, our doctors are also, uh, unfortunately, the, the, the definition the of civil service is, not, is, issue is, is not, broad. Not so so I think they're, they're heroic and perfect. they must be protected, but they must also not have a free reign to determine perfect. what the future course perfect. of the country is. Perfect. That's a collective conversation. But having caveated the conversation now, we don't need to go do that anymore. Let's proceed to the, to the, to the issues. For example, let me put it before the panel. Can we go anywhere without decentralizing? 
we have a huge problem with centralization even within the ministry the secretary runs everything even within the attached department they report to the secretary and everybody's line hazard before them for example vcs i've heard complain that our files don't move additional secretaries deputy secretaries etc regulatory agencies are all complaining second thing autonomy no agency not even a university or anything is autonomous in this country everything is related through attached departments is that an efficient system third thing professionalism as we said for example professionalism is nowhere there even doctors retire in grade 19 or 20 seed and technology people retire in grade 19 20 irrigation officers retire in age 19 20 where are the professionals why can't they rise to the top they used to in the old days third thing do we have trade unions should these groups behave like trade unions or should there be a general civil civil service like in england or uk then another sister point that i want to put to you what about work processes we've heard a lot from uh, samina just now on many things and i don't dispute anything at all but i'd like to ask for example she mentioned pfm i know who wrote the pfm law pfm law was written by oxford policy management musharraf has already told you about i have a whole slide which i should have probably put on in the last 10 15 years almost all the economic laws from nepra to pemra to whatever have been written by donors so i ask you again who is doing the monetary and evaluation every time you ask for anything it happens the world bank or some donor doing it then what then is the job of the civil servant if they're not making policy if they're not doing nmnd so we are setting up this performance system for what only because they should do what i don't know so what is the purpose of what is the civil service doing what are their tasks can anybody tell me please if musharraf is not gone you can take the first uh, crack if you're gone then go ahead anybody from the panel samina baby you want to take it or samin or homera whoever um let me bite and uh, say a little please. bit about um about you know recruitment i think is 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 one of the things that we can talk about um so i think we have to understand why people come into the civil service right so why are i mean of course we can change the exam and we can you know change the training but why are people opting for the civil service in increasing numbers right hmm. um and i think i mean i i I'm, perhaps someone has done some research on this i haven't seen it but i think there's a few key issues i mean one is obviously this aspect of power and prestige right even if it's actually a hard slog in terms of the actual job the perception is that it brings you a level of power and prestige that no other job will bring at the same time i think increasing numbers of applicants are also a sign of uh, you know deeper unemployment across other sectors so this is an option that the state is going to hire the state is going to give you perks privileges pension job security um and and so if you can get through the exam your 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 set basically and your family is set for life um and those are you know excellent reasons if 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 those are your reasons there's nothing wrong with that because you know there's a level of uh, responsibility that everybody has to to cater to themselves and their families um but i think we need to understand why people opt for these jobs and we also need to find a way to make sure that those who come in are not uh, and and those who are idealistically coming in are not left hardened and cynical you know a couple of years two or three years into their into their service and then looking for ways out right and there's plenty of ways out whether that is uh, going on steadily whether that is going on deputation with third party organizations such as donors or whether it is clashing with uh, with a significant figure whether bureaucratic or political and being osd or or kudeline as they call it um so 
we, I mean, apart from the training and, and so on, when we look at the life cycle of the, of the bureaucrat, I think we need to think about these things in terms of motivation um, and, and, and treatment through the, through the course. Um, I think the point about local government or autonomy that you raise is really important because and this is like a, another hobby horse. Um, oh, sorry, it's not just local it. government. Sorry, sorry, Samin, it's not just local government. Take Punjab University, for example. Does sure. the vice chancellor report to the secretary, higher education, or is he independent? Is he like the vice chancellor of Oxford, Cambridge, or Harvard president? Or is he uh, beholden to somebody? He's hired by the secretary of higher education. So, I mean, we have to talk about autonomy at many levels. For example, is NEPRA. NEPRA is regulating the energy sector. Who is it responsible to? I mean, these are important issues that we have to talk into, take into account as analysts, don't we? Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, whether we're talking about local government or district, you know, district bureaucracy or, or um, attached departments or semi-autonomous departments, whatever particular category you want to pick. I, I mean, in some ways, the story tends to be quite similar, which is that the story is that, that those in positions of power, again, whether political or bureaucratic, want to centralize, right? That's their preference, whether you look at the 18th Amendment or you look at uh, these autonomous departments. Um, so one of the things, for example, post-18th Amendment, which you can actually see the repercussions of even, is that the implementation of that act was subject to reversals. And so you have reform proposals now under Ishrat Hussain Saab's committee, which are saying that, well, why are these particular departments or offices under the federal government? They shouldn't be, they should actually be with the provinces. Um, the other thing that I was noticing in looking through their documents is that despite the, the amendment being passed, uh, the number of federal civil servants has increased since 2010. So effectively, you are not devolving power, you're going in the opposite direction. So if you're not willing to concede powers to the provinces, then you're not going to concede them to the district, whether it be elected government or whether it be bureaucratic. Okay. Um, what you're pointing out about uh, vice chancellors and department heads and secretaries is absolutely correct. Because if you are in the, in the secretary's good graces, then that opens up doors for you later on as well. So when the secretary moves, he might say, oh, you know, like, come along with me to this new department and you know, I'll give you a good post. Gee. However, all of that being said, um, there are also ways that less connected bureaucrats exercise power. So Matthew Hull has written about this, the way that paper moves through a bureaucracy is a means for non-connected, non-well-connected bureaucrats to exercise a significant amount of power. So for instance, if a bureaucrat wants their pension approved, that file is sitting on a fairly junior bureaucrats' desk and it's in their hands, the section officer's hands, to figure out when that file is, go is going to be lost or is going to reappear um, or is going to be forwarded, right? So that, that's it's basically an exercise of power. So when you allow for the secretary to dominate everything, the secretary knows that there are certain goings on happening at the lower levels which he or she is going to have to overlook because otherwise the department won't function. So there's, there's a level of autonomy that is there, it's, it's, it, but it's autonomy that isn't necessarily helping in terms of you know, citizen service or service delivery. I'll, I'll stop. So Mina Sarva, can you tell us how is this issue being dealt with in the reform that you're saying is happening? How will departments, attack departments get more autonomy? How will the file not have to move? For example, why does the file not have to move in UK or US? No file moves there. Why should a file move here? Why is everything not in policy and automatic? I agree with you. Is I, that I not a part of the reform process? Or is reform think, only that bureaucrats should take more decisions on us? 
I think it's bizarre that a vice chancellor of a university should be, you know, answerable to uh, to a bureaucrat for his academic decision making. I think I, in principle, I do not have any uh, issues with uh, what you are saying, but the complexity of the issue at hand is such that uh, uh, top of my head, I cannot offer you an answer to this. Let me ask you another question. Probably, for example, this in this day and age, when we have CNICs, I have to go yes. to get a bureau, to a bureaucrat to get my CNIC attested. Is that something that reform can't take care of today? They, they can, of course, they can and they should. And probably this is uh, this is uh, where it all should start. Actually, you know, attestation of CNIC. When you can uh, authenticate the data from your central data bank, then what's the need of authentication? I completely agree. It it doesn't make any sense. But I think this this also has to do with the with you know our mindsets and our our cultural uh, this clinging to certain notion of power or whatever it's it's somehow built in our semantics and in 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 addition to all these reform processes that we are undertaking probably we also need to sort of liberate ourselves uh, from these uh, issues there should be a serious thought regarding how to um, how to unburden ourselves with these colonial uh, from these colonial legacies uh, but i completely agree unless there is autonomy unless there is decentralization but i think i think attestation officer probably family member can also attest it uh, but I wonder what is Why is it that we cannot change these nuisance rules? attestations, you know, uh, ek office mein jo ek 18 or 19 or 20 mein jo ek office ka in charge betha hai, I think it's very much a decision with him or her also. I think iske liye koi itni federal level ya provincial level ki reforms bhi nahi It has to do with how you work, how you conduct yourself, how citizen-oriented you are. So uh, I think this, this is more of an educational and awareness uh, undertaking rather than a mega uh, reform undertaking. But I agree with you unless there is autonomy and decentralization and there, there is an indigenous approach to solutions, localized solutions, uh, we are not going to move forward. I agree mm. with you. For example, another very interesting thing that I think about often, civil service, PS, secretary group, flana group, tribes. Forge mein isko regiments kehti. Kya ye 2020 mein zoori hai? Because US mein nahi hai, UK mein nahi hai, kahi bhi nahi mujhe nazar aata. Even India mein nahi hai, IAS hai sirf. Aur kuch nahi hai. To yahaan kyun humne tribes mein baanta hua hai? Aur phir tribes mein ek aur cheez hai. Aapki jo training academies hai, wo tribes ko strengthen karti hai. Wo tribes ko lesson nahi karti. Do we need such tribes? Because tribes mein aur bhi cheez hai. For example, is mein information economics mein badi cheez hai a jati hai. Ke networks ban jati hai. Phir networks power uh, I think this might actually gradually go away. 
जो इंडक्शन की इंडक्शन की जो रिफॉर्म्स हुई हैं जिसमें वी आर गोइंग टू हैव फोर क्लस्टर्स दिस दिस एक इकोनॉमिक ग्रुप है जनरल एडमिनिस्ट्रेशन ग्रुप है जनरल एडमिनिस्ट्रेशन ग्रुप में एंड देन योर योर टेक्निकल ग्रुप सो यू नो इंस्टेड ऑफ दिस पीएएस एंड कस्टम्स एंड आईआरएस दिस इज ग्रेजुअली गोइंग टू गो टुवर्ड्स प्रोफेशनल एंड मीना ये तो पहले भी था समीना ये तो पहले भी था पहले भी इकोनॉमिस्ट ग्रुप था प्लानिंग कमीशन बेचारे ग्रेट 20 में मर जाते हैं पहले भी थे टॉकिंग अबाउट पीएसएस ऑफिसर्स ना ट्राइबल वॉर्स तो ये क्यों व्हाई डू वी हैव दीस ग्रुप्स एंड व्हाई डू वी हैव टू एन एग्जाम हैव एन एग्जाम फॉर एग्जांपल व्हाई कांट आई टेक एन एग्जाम व्हाई डस द एग्जाम हैव टू बी वन गाय हु विल बी प्रमोटेड टू सेक्रेटरी व्हाई कांट वी डू इट लाइक अदर कंट्रीज के एनीबॉडी कैन एग्जिट एंड एंटर द सिविल सर्विस लैटरल एंट्री हमने लगाई थी 73 में पर बंद कर दी लैटरल एंट्री बिकॉज़ हमने कहा ये गलत बात है तो अब दैट डोर इज आल्सो गोइंग टू बी ओपनड अप थ्रू दिस नेशनल एग्जीक्यूटिव सर्विस की जो प्रपोजल है आई एम नॉट रियली अवेयर कि वो किस मैच्योरिटी के किस स्टेज पे है दैट प्रपोजल बट दैट प्रपोजल इज वेरी मच देयर एंड इट्स गोइंग टू प्रोवाइड अ लेवल प्लेइंग फील्ड के सब्सिक्वेंटली ग्रेड ट्वेंटी में भी अगर कोई एंटर होना चाहे तो स्ट्रेट उसमें एंटर हो सके सो दैट डोर और दैट विंडो इज गोइंग टू बी ओपन अप सून थ्रू दिस नेशनल एग्जीक्यूटिव सर्विस प्रपोजल बिल्कुल आपने बात कही कि वो ग्रेड सेवनटीन का अफसर टेस्ट करेगा और दिस इज हाउ दी रूल्स है and this is how we exactly. have made service delivery impossible yeah. unless we we change civil services reform ke sath simultaneously you need to reform the way the ministries work the the way the ministries are structured to jo aap autonomy ki baat kar rahe hain even when there is nadra nadra comes under ministry of interior so when 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 you look at when when there are certain सर कुछ कुछ एग्जांपल्स हैं जहां पे ऑर्गेनाइजेशन हैव ब्रॉट अबाउट अ चेंज द वे दे वर्क आई वाज एट बीआईएसपी एंड एंड बीआईएसपी शिफ्टेड फ्रॉम कार्ड बेस्ड पेमेंट सिस्टम टू टू बायोमेट्रिक बेस्ड विड्रॉल्स सो आई थिंक इट ऑल डिपेंड्स ऑन व्हाट टाइप ऑफ ऑफिसर्स आर सर्विंग इफ दे आर मोटिवेटेड एंड इफ दे आर दे वांट टू ब्रिंग द चेंज बट देयर आई फेस्ड अ प्रॉब्लम दैट द जीएफआर जनरल फाइनेंशियल रूल्स did not allow branchless banking so when you when you don't have branchless banking we are definitely going to invite the audit parrots so it's not only uh, the reform of the civil services but also the rules under which the bureaucracy works that that we need to reform and coming back to the reform um, by ishit uh, dr ishit saab i think the good thing that they are doing right now is to catch the people right at the induction level because if people are of opting for punjabi as a language because it gives them more marks uh, that does not shed any light on my intellectual ability or uh, how to how to check a person's level of motivation and there are tests where you can check whether a person is going to be more power hungry or be more corrupt i i i have uh, uh, been through the recruitment process of the military few few uh, instances that i saw where there was a psychiatrist who was sitting behind and he gave us a pen picture of the candidate and we exactly knew what that person would be when if we allow him to work in that organization so i think um, the dr ishrit saab's work is the uh, is is a very brave attempt 
and we are facing a lot of uh, we we see a lot of groups fighting over that reform that dmg will gain more what about the executive service who will have more which group is going to have more share in that executive service so i think we we should uh, go above uh, these group priorities and group loyalties i think what is required right now is to improve the service delivery to the common man they are the one who are suffering and the point to start the reform is the district so if you change the way a district works if you change the way its service is delivered at that point where the common man connects to the state i think reform should start from the at the local level at the district level or at the tehsil level where people have access to education to the passport office to nadra and the state is connecting to the citizens of pakistan at that level and why i said that it's a national security issue right now because if you fail to provide services to the common man so sir jab hum balochistan mein ya fata mein jo hum issues dekhte hain ya southern punjab mein recruitment drives jab hoti hain militant organizations ki so definitely people who are politically feeling neglected aggrieved they are going to take up arms against the state we saw that in 1971 i don't want to Uh, I think you guys know more than I know on the subject, so I will leave it at that point. So, डीसीफिशियल मेरा मतलब हम जूनियर ऑफिशल्स जिनकी स्पेशलाइजेशन सिटी मैनेजमेंट कुछ नहीं है उनको दे देते हैं हमने क्या निजाम बना दिया है कि जहाँ के हम एक बच्चे को कहते हैं भाई तुम एक इम्तिहान दो उसके बाद सारी जिंदगी तुम्हारे लिए पावर गारंटीड है ये तो मुझे समझ नहीं आता कहीं दुनिया में ऐसा निजाम नहीं है सर एक और एक और बात एक और सर अगर इतने ही आउटस्टैंडिंग है तो मुल्क का ये हाल क्यों है तो आपका जो पी आर सिस्टम है वो सारा Yeah. I think that's that's no more possible. I think uh, the extraordinary PERs, twenty uh, uh, to thirty percent, go up. Milengi, and you know the formula has been rationalized to include training ke marks, training performance marks. So, abu PER ke saath saath training has become quite significant, and I think it, the formula has become it's not really perfect, but it's quite equitable now, and it's going you know, to baby, become more transparent. Gradually. I would like to do a webinar on training, which I'll ask you to lead, because I think training is a subject that we ignore, and we really need to look at the civil service training. But that be a separate subject. So we'll speak about it. And P R S, okay, I agree with you. Sure, but I think. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, Samina, baby, go ahead. Samina, go ahead. Yes. Ah, you have talked about why can't Ali Chima, who economists are, who. क्यों नहीं लीड कर सकते हैं और वो लेकिन डॉक्टर साहब आपसे ज्यादा कोई इस चीज को अप्रिशिएट नहीं करेगा 
कि एकेडमिक और प्रैक्टिशनर दो बड़ी डिस्टिंक चीजें हैं लेकिन आई एग्री विद यू के कराची को हेड करने के लिए डेप्टी कमिश्नर नहीं है एक मोस्ट सीजन मोस्ट सीनियर मे बी मच बेटर पेड एक होना चाहिए जो कराची मेट्रोपोल को जो जो कि इंटरनेशनल इंटरनेशनल मॉडल है ऑफ रनिंग द रनिंग बिग सिटीज इंस्टेड ऑफ अ डेप्टी कमिश्नर और यू नो कमिश्नर फॉर दैट मैटर और उसके आगे जैसे मैंने कहा कि कराची जैसे शहर के लिए स्पेशलिस्ट होने चाहिए डिजास्टर मैनेजमेंट के वाटर मैनेजमेंट के एनर्जी स्पेशलिस्ट होने चाहिए इसके जो बिल्डिंग रेगुलेशन है उनके ऊपर स्पेशलिस्ट होने चाहिए some serious professional no palichina is not with us on in this webinar no no that's why i'm saying let's not pollute let's not pollute man by point is very simple what is example tha ki i think ki ek junior official ko hum dg lda for example laga dete hain aur je de dete hain phir wo junior official wo yahan belong bhi nahi karta uska koi interest bhi nahi hota aur wo phir aage kahin chala jata hai saal laga ke and there's a mess behind hame samajh nahi aati kya hota hai so i think this is an important point but we'll doctor we'll... uh, if i could just make one point agar hum ye junior aur senior ki debate mein chale jaye to phir ye a little bit of an antithesis of reform ho jata hai jis taraf hum ja rahe hain because we are saying that a person with greater potential greater level of commitment greater specialization can be a boss uh, even if he's 20 something or 30 something to to 10 people who are 50 something so that's what uh, future should be looking when like said, <laughs> when i said junior samina i didn't mean i mean a dc who reports to the federal government matlab lahore mein mera jo represent okay. mera jo banda hai right. uska okay. lahore se koi taluq nahi hai wo the federal government ka employee hai uska mere se koi taluq nahi federal government ka employee hai aur wo junior banda hai federal packing order mein jaise main jab rehta tha for example dc mein ya chicago mein to ek badi well known मौजूद है चीज कि ओबामा ने एक पुलिस वाले को क्रिटिसाइज किया बिकॉज वो एक हार्वर्ड के प्रोफेसर को अरेस्ट कर रहा था दूसरे दिन ओबामा ने अपोलोजाइज किया कि मैं लोकल गवर्नमेंट में इंटरफेयर नहीं कर सकता और मैं प्रोफेसर और पुलिस वाले को बुलाऊंगा टू द व्हाइट हाउस टू अपोलोजाइज मेरा कहने का ये मतलब है सिटीज की ऑटोनोमी इतनी होती है अभी भी देखें ट्रंप शिकागो में ट्रूप भेज रहा है तो जो ट्रंप सिटी के ब्यूरोक्रेट से कहते हैं हम नहीं मानते लड़ाई हो रही है ठीक है चाहे ट्रंप सक्सीड कर रहा है पर लड़ाई हो रही है तो मैं सिर्फ ये कह रहा हूँ कि सिटी के लिए एक सिटी की अपनी सिटी एक लाहौर इज नाउ बिगर देन डेनमार्क कराची इज बिगर देन हॉलैंड ठीक है जी सो दीज हम मिनी स्टेट्स एंड दे आर बीइंग रन बाय दिस काइंड ऑफ स्ट्रेंथ थिंग सो ऑल आई एम रेजिंग दिस क्वेश्चन हम आगे वेबिनार्स में और ये करेंगे कि वी रियली नीड टू थिंक अबाउट इट्स नॉट अबाउट बैशिंग एनी बडी नथिंग इट्स अबाउट क्रिएटिंग गुड गवर्नेंस फॉर अस that's all yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's very simple ki there are solutions there i don't want the pfm to be written by a consultant from oxford policy management or public financial management law i don't want all the laws to be written hamare parliamentarians to padhte nahi laws to wo wo log likhte hain to this state has to somehow change theek hai ji main aapko ek aur cheez batau abhi ek second ye bhi aapko likh sakta hai ye mere paas 
ये सिविल सर्विस की एक रिपोर्ट पड़ी है मेरे बाप की पुरानी मुझे याद है अभी तक ठीक है जी ये मुझे ढूंढनी और भी ये जनाब एक 1955 की रिपोर्ट है आपको नजर आ रही है सबको कि नहीं द कोऑपरेटिव इंक्वायरी कमेटी रिपोर्ट ओके वेस्ट पाकिस्तान ये 1955 में है ये 200 सफे की इतनी डिटेल्ड रिपोर्ट है जिस वक्त कागज पे लिखी जाती थी चीजें पेन पे आजकल मुझे दिखा दे ऐसी कोई रिपोर्ट है जबकि वर्ड प्रोसेसर है सब कुछ है व्हाई नॉट एंड आई थिंक दैट्स द की इशू दैट वी हैव टू डिस्कस सो एनीवे आई डोंट वांट टू हग द सेमिनार आई डोंट स्पीक नॉर्मली लेट मी टेक इट टू द फ्लोर एंड आस्क क्वेश्चंस शायद हशमत साहब जल्दी से हाथ रेज कर लें बिकॉज़ आई विल क्लोज द थिंग देन डोंट देन कम अप विद योर हैंड्स एट द लास्ट मिनट अनम्यूट जी यू आर अनम्यूटेड गो अहेड जी डॉक्टर साहब थैंक यू वेरी मच एक बहुत ही इंपॉर्टेंट इशू के ऊपर आपने आज वेबिनार करवाया है इससे पहले भी एजुकेशन एंड फ्यू अदर वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट नेशनल बीन डिस्कस्ड मेरे दो क्वेश्चंस हैं उससे पहले अगर आप मुझे इजाजत दें तो मैं एक छोटा सा ब्रीफ कमेंट जो है वो देना चाह रहा हूं आई डोंट वांट टू बी पेसिमिस्ट नीदर आई वांट टू बी सिनिकल लेकिन मेरा अंदाजा ये है कि जो सिविल सर्विसेज रिफॉर्म की बात आप कर रहे हैं प्रॉबेबली नेशनल uh, लेवल पे हम इस मामले में सीरियस नहीं है अगर जेनुअनली इस सब्जेक्ट में लोगों का इंटरेस्ट होता तो आज के वेबिनार में कम से कम 100 के करीब प्रैक्टिशनर्स को होना चाहिए था आई डू नॉट सी ए सिंगल फेडरल सेक्रेटरी आई डू नॉट सी एनीबडी फ्रॉम द डीएमजी, फ्रॉम पॉलिस फ्रॉम कस्टम्स अकाउंट्स, सो ऑन एंड सो फोर्थ तो इससे आप इंटरेस्ट लेवल जो है तो आपको अंदाजा हो जाएगा विद ड्यू रिस्पेक्ट टू डॉक्टर समीना उन्होंने बहुत अच्छी बातें की हैं आई डू नॉट नो कि क्या ये हमारा एक कलेक्टिव सोशल नेशनल माइंडसेट है या इसमें वेस्टेड इंटरेस्ट का इशू है या फिर ये कि ये एक नेशनल इनकॉम्पिटेंसी की बात है आई एम ट्राइंग टू बी लिटिल मोर ब्लंट जैसे आपने कहा कि आप ये सत्तर साल से हम बातें सुन रहे हैं तो मैं भी तकरीबन 40 साल से ये बातें सुन रहा हूं दो इंपॉर्टेंट इवेंट्स 1973 से लेके 77, uh, 76 तक जिस लेटरल एंट्री का आपने जिक्र किया विद द ग्रेट 19 एंड ग्रेट 20 ऑफिसर्स वर इंडक्टेड नॉट विद स्टैंडिंग द प्रोसेस आई मीन दैट वाज सर्टनली नॉट परफेक्ट और उसके ऊपर दो रिव्यू जो है वो पब्लिक सर्विस कमीशन ने किए इंटरेस्टिंगली हमारी इस पूरी डिबेट में I do not find a single chairman or a uh, former chairman or a member, former member of the Public Service Commission, ना Federal Public Service Commission से ना Provincial Public Service Commission से कोई आदमी जो है वो इस डिबेट में शामिल नहीं हो रहा कोई प्रैक्टिशनर जो है वो इस मामले में शामिल नहीं है लिविंग साइड डॉक्टर समीना एनी हाउ दो क्वेश्चन में पूछना चाह रहा हूं आपने भी उनकी तरफ बार बार इशारा किया है नंबर एक ये तीस पैंतीस रिव्यू रिपोर्ट हो चुकी है कमेटीज एंड कमीशन एंड दिस एंड दैट एंड अल्टीमेटली डॉक्टर इशरत जो है जो पिछले 20 साल से इस सब्जेक्ट में बात कर रहे हैं वो थक गए और थक के उन्होंने अनगवर्निंग जो है वो टाइटल दे दिया इस पूरे मामले को आई थिंक इट इज अदर अराउंडिंग दिवर्नेबल बहुत हमारा जो सोशल स्ट्रक्चर है उसको अच्छी गवर्नेंस से गवर्न किया जा सकता है दो ब्रीफ क्वेश्चन नंबर वन इतनी सारी रिफॉर्म इतनी सारी स्टडीज हुई आपने कभी बड़ी खूबसूरत 
बड़ी पुरानी स्टडी जो है वो दिखाई है एक्सक्यूज मी क्या वजह है कि इन इन रिफॉर्म्स के ऊपर अमल क्यों नहीं हो सका वाई दीज आर नॉट बीन इंप्लीमेंटेड अभी पार्शियल इंप्लीमेंटेशन की बात की है डॉक्टर समीना ने बट बाय लार्ज ऑल दीज स्टडीज देवर शेल्फ एंड द रिकमेंडेशन वेवर इंप्लीमेंटेड क्या इंटेंशन ठीक नहीं थी क्या स्टडीज ठीक नहीं थी क्या लोग जो है वो थ्रेटन फील कर रहे थे वट आर द प्रॉब्लम नंबर वन नंबर टू एवरीबडी एक्सेप्ट पब्लिक सर्विस कमीशन ने खुद एक्सेप्ट किया है कि ओवर अ पीरियड ऑफ टाइम द लास्ट थ्री डेकेड जो पब्लिक सर्विस कमीशन के कैंडिडेट्स हैं जो उनका सिलेक्शन प्रोसेस है एट द एंड ऑफ इट देर हैज बीन अनॉर्मस डिटोरेशन जो कैंडिडेट्स अप्लाई कर रहे हैं जो उनका अकेडेमिक स्टैंडर्ड uh, है जो इंटेलेक्चुअल और ऑनेस्टी का स्टैंडर्ड है वो तो बहुत बात की बात है जो आपका बेसिक स्टफ आपके पास आ रहा है जो बेसिक मटेरियल आ रहा है गार्बेज इन गार्बेज आउट आपकी हार्डली एक से दो परसेंट लोग जो है वो uh, उस, उस एग्जामिनेशन को पास ही नहीं कर सकते वट डॉक ऑफ कमिंग ऑन द मेरिट बेस्ट ऑफ द बेस्ट तो बड़ा बाद में बात आएगा और अनफॉर्चुनेटली जब से हमने सिस्टम प्री uh, एलोकेशन किया है नो इज इंटरेस्टेड इन द ट्रेनिंग एट ऑल when somebody already knows a candidate already knows that he is going to dmg or he is going to police or he is going to customs they are least interested in the training well post allocation had some uh, other issues at all uh, i mean unke bhi apne issues the so kindly iske upar koi comment jo hai wo kar sake i wish yahan pe koi senior bureaucrat aaya hota koi senior practitioner aaya hota jisne 30 40 saal apne us mein lagaye hote aur fir uske baad jo hai wo hamare in sawalat ka jawab deta अनम्यूट वेरी सिंपल ऑब्जर्वेशन वन लाइनर थिंग इज दैट ब्यूरोक्रेट्स फील एंसरेबल नॉट टू द स्टेट ऑफ द पाकिस्तान बट टू द पोलिटिकल गवर्नमेंट आई वॉज हेडिंग अ ब्यूरो ऑफ अ न्यूज न्यूज एजेंसी एंड अ ब्यूरोक्रेट वुड कम टू मी टू एंड प्रोवाइड मी विद डॉक्यूमेंट्स टू फेल द गवर्नमेंट एन आर एन आर तनवीर नकवी वॉज डूइंग सम सिविल सर्विस रिफॉर्म एंड ही वॉज एडमेंट दैट इज आर रॉन्ग and he would leak out later on the same bureaucrat was at a senior position with punjab government with shahbaz sharif one of my buddy when we i was in university he was doing he was a medical doctor and we would study together he went to the custom services and now he is an anchor person uh, at some place so i think this civil civil service need to be raised to the ground and a new architect need to be written i if i am not wrong umar hamid and if i am if i am not absolutely wrong i can see humaira they were uh, all in ead sometime we would uh, go to ead for so many things but the same most of the bureaucrats have never gone out of a b c d q p block outside so this whole edifice has to be raised on this is my observation okay. point taken point taken theek hai ji rizwan sir मोहम्मद रिजवान 
रिजवान साहब हैं चले गए थैंक यू नदीम साहब मेरा सिंपल सा क्वेश्चन है डॉक्टर जो उन्होंने ट्रेनिंग पे इम्फेसिस किया बहुत ज्यादा तो सवाल मेरा ये है कि आपको जो जरूरत है ट्रेन प्रोफेशनल की है तो ट्रेन तो जो बंदे मार्केट एक्सपीरियंस होते हैं जिनका 10-20 साल का किसी भी स्पेसिफिक प्रोफेशन का एक्सपीरियंस है आप उनको इंडक्ट करें डायरेक्ट बजाय आप अपने जो है फ्रेश ग्रेजुएट्स को लेकर ट्रेन कर रहे तो वही लेटरल एंट्री वाली बात है तो ट्रेनिंग तो आपकी सेल्फ रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी है आप अपने आपको कितना इवॉल्व करते हैं टाइम के साथ ये पॉइंट है महमूद खालिद साहब लास्ट क्वेश्चन थैंक यू सर माय क्वेश्चन इज पर्टेनिंग टू रोल बिकॉज़ रिफॉर्म्स माइट टेक अ सर्टेन लैग बट व्हाट कुड बी द रोल ऑफ अ काइंड ऑफ एन एचआर व्हिच कंटिन्यूसली इंप्रूव्स अपॉन वेयर टू फिट द सूटेबल पर्सन इन द जॉब जी जी समीना बीबी वुड यू लाइक टू स्टार्ट आंसरिंग द क्वेश्चन जो फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन हुआ था हर्षान साहब थे गालिबन या हाशिम साहब थे प्लीज करेक्ट मी इफ आई एम रॉन्ग तो मैंने अपनी कैन यू हेयर मी डिड यू वेल कैन हेयर यू वेल गो हेड अच्छा तो उनके दो तीन सवाल थे आफ्टर अ लॉन्ग सॉर्ट ऑफ एन इंट्रोडक्शन उन्होंने ये कहा कि डिटीरियरेशन है और 1% भी पास नहीं हो पाते हैं मेरिट में क्या ना तो वो तो मैंने अपनी گفتگو में कहा था देर इज अ जनरल हमारा एक स्टैंडर्ड गिर गया है एकेडमिक और इंटेग्रिटी लेवल और लेवल ऑफ कमिटमेंट तो इस पर प्रॉबेबली नीड टू थिंक एज अ सोसाइटी और आई डोंट नो हशाम साहब किस शोबे से ताल्लुक रखते हैं अगर वो एकेडेमिया में आई थॉट के अगर एकेडीमिया से हमारे पास कोई होता तो वो इस सवाल का ज्यादा अच्छे तरीके से जवाब दे सकता कि हमारे जो ओवरऑल स्टैंडर्ड्स हैं वो क्यों गिर गए हैं बट आई एग्री विद हिम लेकिन मैं एक और डायकोटमी की तरफ पॉइंट आउट करना चाहती हूँ कि जो हमारे सिविल सर्वेंट्स हैं अगर आप उनकी एक क्रॉस uh, सेक्शन uh, की स्टडी करें तो दे आर प्रोबेबली मोस्ट क्वालिफाइड पीपल इन द कंट्री जैसे जितने पी और मास्टर्स और फॉरन क्वालिफिकेशन आपको सिविल सर्विस में मिलेंगी शायद कहीं और नहीं मिलेंगी अच्छा दूसरा उन्होंने ये कहा था कि रिपोर्ट्स इंप्लीमेंट क्यों नहीं होती हैं तो आई एग्री उनकी मुझे आई कैन कंप्लीटली कॉम्प्रीहेंड हिज फ्रस्ट्रेशन मैं सिर्फ डॉक्टर इशरत हुसैन की जो करंट इंस्टीट्यूशन रिफॉर्म सेल वाली जो रिकमेंडेशन uh, थी उसके ऊपर कॉमेंट कर सकती हूँ बिकॉज आई बीन अ पार्ट ऑफ इट तो जो पिछली रिपोर्ट्स थी वो जो फर्स्ट डॉक्टर इशरत हुसैन की रिपोर्ट थी वो भी पढ़ी रही दो साल तक उन्होंने इंतजार किया एंड देन ही जस्ट गॉट अप एंड लेफ्ट उसी से लेसन ड्रॉ करते हुए उन्होंने अपनी जो करंट रिफॉर्म एफर्ट है उसमें ये स्ट्रेटजी अडॉप्ट की कि जो प्रपोजल टास्क फोर्स से थ्रू हो जाती थी उसको वो एज इट इज ले जाते थे कैबिनेट में सो फॉर एग्जाम्पल इंडक्शन और ट्रेनिंग की समरी एक दफा अप्रूव हो गई परफॉर्मेंस मैनेजमेंट की दूसरी दफा हो गई तीसरी दफा कुछ और हो गई सो यू नो इंस्टेड ऑफ टेकिंग दिस ह्यूज रिपोर्ट फॉर अप्रूवल टू द कैबिनेट एंड नॉट गेटिंग एनी वेयर विद दैट बाय द एंड ऑफ द डे ही गॉट सम ऑफ द थिंग्स नोटिफाइड बाय द फेडरल कैबिनेट सो वी कांट रियली से दैट अबाउट द करंट रिपोर्ट जो एक बाद में क्वेश्चन आया था रिगार्डिंग ट्रेनिंग के जी ट्रेनिंग में नॉन सीरियस होते हैं इट कुड बी ट्रू फॉर अ फ्यू ईयर्स बैक but it's no more true because i am myself a part of 
a training institute. And I've recently, uh, two years ago, well, two years ago, I did my NMC. Uh, so I know how seriously these trainings are taken now because they have a substantial weightage in your promotion uh, mechanism. So nobody really takes these trainings non-seriously. Everyone is committed and serious and wants to perform well because these have greater weightage than before. The uh, lateral entry ki baat hui thi, I think usme national executive service ki proposal uh, introduced ho jayegi, so this uh, uh, might be addressed. But I'm not sure because I'm not fully aware of the details of those uh, of that proposal. Proposal national executive service. Jo kaha gaya ki koi senior bureaucrat yahan hote aur wo answer karte in cheezon ko. I can tell uh, that gentleman that if you can, I have been in the service for 20, more than 25 years. So if you can consider me, you know, experienced enough or, or qualified enough to talk about this, obviously I'm no, I'm not the final word on, on anything or claim to be the, the wisest person, but I have had the, a number of years. Thank you so much, Doctor. But Tamina, maybe it's make short easy to make कि ये एक थोड़ा सा पसल तो है कि हमारे ब्यूरोक्रेट्स माशाल्लाह बिल्कुल ठीक कह रही हैं कि दे आर वेरी वेल ट्रेन्ड एंड दे बीन टू हार्वर्ड एंड दे बीन टू मेनी प्लेसेस एंड माशाल्लाह दे हैव मेनी पीएचडीज एंड मेनी एमएस बट आई टेल यू वन थिंग आई हैव अरेंज वेब एंड सेमिनार्स इन द प्लानिंग कमीशन ऑडिटोरियम आई हैव अरेंज कॉन्फ्रेंसेस देयर एंड हु इज एब्सेंट नो ब्यूरोक्रेट एवर टर्न्स अप हम वेबिनार कराते हैं नो ब्यूरोक्रेट एवर टर्न्स अप I am in the IMF for 30 years. It was mandatory on all our departments to have a seminar. Mm. And everybody turned up. World Bank, you are going to the UN, everybody turns up for, for seminars. Even the managing director turns up, even the, the World Bank president turns up. So, what is the learning coefficient? What do you learn in training? That if I mean, I mean, but they don't turn up to any सेमिनार हां यह बात है अगर वर्ल्ड बैंक बुलाए डोनर बुलाए तो पहुंच जाते हैं सब बट अगर यूनिवर्सिटी बुलाए तो नहीं आते तो तो हमारा यह भी तो एक कल्चर बन गया है ना तो यह भी तो सोचने वाली बात है तो यह मेरा ख्याल आप ट्रेनिंग एकेडमी में जरूर सिखाएं हम ट्रेनिंग इसमें कोई भी ये नहीं क्लेम कर सकता कि अब मैंने इतना सीख लिया है कि मुझे किसी और सेमिनार की या ट्रेनिंग की जरूरत नहीं है एंड आई डेफिनेटली फॉर माय नेक्स्ट बैचेस आई मेक श्योर दैट ऑल ऑफ देम माय सीनियर मैनेजमेंट कोर्सेज एंड मिडिल मैनेजमेंट कोर्सेज अटेंड योर वेबिनार्स काफी सारे मौके मिलेंगे आपसे डिस्कशन के लिए इनशाला ऑन वेरियस इश्यूज ऑफ नेशनल सिक्योरिटी डेफिनेटली आई थिंक वॉटरिटिव and uh, uh, we have to let that reform take ground somewhere but first we have to make sure that the purpose of the reform is service delivery is development of pakistan as a country 
and the civil servants being more responsive to the problems of common citizens. And if these reforms are not accompanied with simultaneous reforms at the local government level, giving more autonomy, and the change in the structure of the way the ministries work and the rules of business, then, the, then it is not going to give the results that we are intending to have. Uh, this reform, I think, is taken, uh, it has been drafted after efforts of two years. Now PTI government is in the third year. So they have two more years left uh, to see where, because somebody has to implement the first part of at the induction level. And then you have to go and make simultaneous changes at all levels, because he said it's a value chain that they are going to improve. So the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the reform has to go simultaneously in all the sectors. Plus, you need a transition plan for the people who are right now serving in different groups. Uh, this reform plan has to give um, some exit to those who are not functional and who are not performing. And I hope uh, the people who are more qualified and who are trained, they don't get disheartened and start leaving the government if the reform is not uh, giving the right kind of um, expected results. So I think the first point is to let the report go and follow the normal course of approvals of government of Pakistan, because it will take at least three to four years for the reform process to sink in. And you will see start seeing the results in another two, three years. So somewhere we have to start with the reform, because if we keep continuing looking at the rear view mirror, mm. we are going to have an accident. So since I work in sensitive areas of terrorism and violent mm. extremism, and I see more and more youth becoming disgruntled and, mm. and they're losing hope in the service delivery and in, the, in, in government. So I think it's a, it's a point of concern. And I once again repeat that I think um, mm civil services is the backbone of the country. They are an important pillar of your national security alongside the defense forces. And the sooner overhauling is done, the better. Thank you. Well put, well put. G, Samin. Uh, thank you. I'm uh, a little amused. I think my name is Dr. Nia, so people have forgotten I'm an academic. Um, <laughs> but and I've been enjoying the chat discussion on having PhD uh, you know, dominating the civil service. Um, in my experience, having a PhD does not mean you can do well in a um, because uh, you know the the role that civil servants play is not necessarily something that you learn from getting a PhD. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but I mean, so there are some PhDs who are civil servants. Absolutely, kafi prominent positions may be log hote, but PhD should not equal civil service. Uh, on a serious note, um, someone asked in the in the chat box about the role of um, donors in uh, in the civil in, in terms of making policy and, and so on and so forth. I think you know, justification, bureaucracy doesn't have the capacity to some 
तो सम डिग्रीज एंड इन सम प्लेसेस दिस इज ट्रू सो फॉर इंस्टेंस अगर आप बलूचिस्तान की सिविल सर्विस को देखेंगे तो वाकई वहां पे सीरियस कैपेसिटी गैप्स हैं एंड दैट इज अ फेलियर ऑफ द स्टेट इन टर्म्स ऑफ एलोकेटिंग रिसोर्सेज बट आई डू एग्री विद यू दैट द रोल ऑफ द डोनर्स नीड्स टू बी थॉट थ्रू अनफॉर्चूनेटली यू कांट डू दैट व्हेन यू आर डिपेंडेंट ऑन देम फॉर योर फाइनेंसेस सो द एग्जांपल दैट आई वाज गिविंग ऑफ इरिगेशन मैनेजमेंट ट्रांसफर if you have a donor recommending a policy which you know is going to be problematic magar donor keh raha hai that you have to implement it and you have to push it through then you're you're kind of in a bind so so until you're able to sort out your economy i don't think you can push back against the donor community and say ki ji ah hame aapki help nahi chahiye so for instance with the corona virus response you had a lot of support from the who and the world bank and the adb we're not going to turn our backs to that so i think that you know the the policy advice then becomes part and parcel of that conversation uh someone uh, tahir saab i think mentioned uh, you know the role that bureaucrats can play in terms of undermining uh, politicians undermining other bureaucrats absolutely 100% when i was doing my phd thesis a lot of my field work uh, revealed exactly this that bureaucrats can often undermine people because you know there's always a personal interest involved somewhere uh, there's not a lot of people who can be completely selfless and and say that you know no matter where the chips fall i'm going to i'm going to do the right thing so so often you will have uh, these kinds of um, personal interests intervening i think um, i just wanted to close on this note of you know local autonomy um i think one of the reasons that a lot of academics at least found um the punjab local government law and the and the kp local government law so interesting and so ambitious and so um Uh, you know we look forward to them being implemented was precisely because they allowed cities for instance a level of autonomy so um madima laksa was talking about city managing cities so if you have directly elected mayors as is envisioned for example in the punjab law that will change the relationship that um citizens have with that elected representative uh, when he's directly rep- or she is directly represented and of course the the relationship that bureaucrats have with them so i don't know exactly when those elections will be held and when those changes will be brought about but that will produce some interesting results uh, which maybe you know might work in tandem with some of these civil service reforms but i think one of the one of the major things that you know from a from an academic standpoint has been problematic is that unlike india for example uh, our government does not make data easily accessible to for example academics so if i wanted to find out ke uh, bureaucrats ke transfers uh, ps level pe ya uh, 21st ya 20th grade ke transfers kitne hue hain kis frequency mein se hue hain ya what was the transition of a bureaucrat from the point of entry to the point of retirement pakistan government is not going to give me this information the indian uh, government does provide access to this kind of data so there's a lot more work a lot more analysis and a lot more research done on the indian bureaucracy for just as a comparative example um so i mean i think it would be in the pakistan government's interest to make some of this data available i think they're getting better at it and i think some of these reforms might improve that um so that we can do some research and provide some recommendations uske bagair to we're kind of shooting in the dark so i mean unless i go and i speak to every single person myself or i go and i look at the boards and the dafters jo wooden boards hote hain ki ji kiska transfer kab hua tha i can't find that data so if you look at the work of dr shana manrana who is an economist in virginia that is what she did because how else are you going to get this data so so you have to have this this stuff being public available publicly available to do any research to make any recommendations i'll i'll stop here thank you very much thank you folks thank you very much it's been a great discussion uh, obviously we can't reach a conclusion 
because this is too important a subject and a very, very difficult subject to navigate. Every country, as I said, needs a civil service. Every corporation needs a civil service. Every tribe needs a civil service. I've been watching Arthrugul um, these days, and yes, even Arthrugul had a civil service. So a civil service is the most important institution in a country. And we, as I said, Asimoglu and Robinson have shown, and many people have shown, lots of research, that institutions are the most important thing for economic growth. So when we discuss the civil service, I know Musharraf bent over backwards to caveat it. Let me repeat the caveat, and I'll never use say it again, that nobody's criticizing any group. This is not a personal thing. But every country needs a superior civil service, one of the best in the world, a learning civil service. And I use the word learning advisedly, a researching civil service, a thinking civil service, not decision making, not telling people that we want to attest your ID cards and do this to you, do that to you. And our job is as academics, as thinkers, as society, civil society, our job is to help create that system for the welfare of ourselves, our children, our society. Pakistan is going to lag behind if we don't develop modern structures. If we continue to have structures looking for attestations, we will not make it. So we must think about that. And I think we will continue this journey. We will have more webinars, more discussion on this. And I told Rishat Hussain that just like we did on education, we'll call him at the end of our journey to take all the comments and questions and you tell us what he's doing, because obviously he's doing some good work as, as of the speakers said, and it's important to have him on board. But our conversation must go independently of the government effort. This is how civilized society behaves everywhere. And all we are trying to do is create a conversation, just like we did on energy, just like we did on education, just like we did on many other subjects. So we are doing that on civil service. We'll do that on the judiciary too at some point, as I said, very soon. And we are going to do it on all areas of Pakistan. And that is the job of a think tank and of all universities. And I'm glad all universities are joining us in webinars. Please focus on these issues because trying to do what the donors are doing, all kinds of crazy subjects that don't mean anything, we must study our own institutions and understand them. Thank you, folks. I um, admire you for taking your time out. And I thank all the speakers from the bottom of my heart. Inshallah, we'll repeat it. All the best to you. Khuda Hafiz.